Good morning, Peachtree. It's good to see you. It's nice to be here while Richard is away. It's great to worship with all of you who are joining from places near and far together this morning. And I am excited to continue this exploration of asking the question as we prayed this morning, thy kingdom come. What do we mean by that? Well, I want to get us into that this morning as we, as we look at these different aspects of kingdom living by introducing to you our first child. And no, it wasn't Danica. This was our first fur baby before we had human kids. Look at us, how young we are. This is Zoe. She was our precious little golden retriever. And uh, she was super playful. She was so gentle. She just loved to snuggle, play in the snow, play with the little puppy down the street named Riley. She never barked. She never scratched at the door when she wanted to go out, just completely peaceful, except for one situation. And there was one situation where all of a sudden she would start to growl and she'd find that deep and then maybe she would even bark a little bit. And that one situation was if Richard or I would pet any other dog. <laughs> we could be at the park, she's our dog, we're playing, we're having a good time, and if we extend that, oh, what a great puppy you are, she would, you know, <laughs> we would be like, what's happening right now? Zoe knew that she was loved, she was part of our family, she was our child. But this is a way to illustrate a little a drift that we see in God's people over time, the God's chosen people that, that God chose to work through to bring about his kingdom vision. The Israelites had moved from receiving that blessing, that chosenness, to drifting into a mistake that that somehow meant that they were God's favorites. That somehow that blessing or that, that chosenness then created a, an identity of being a favorite. Now, as we have been marching through the book of Acts, we have seen different ways in which God is starting to move that blessing, not only through his chosen people, but now out to the whole world. And there's going to be three ways that God uses to correct this drift from having a blessing or a chosenness only into a being a favorite Let's explore those, those, those ways that God's going to help get us back on track together by going to the text today, which is the uh, well-known text of Peter receiving a vision. But it starts with another person, probably somebody way more like us, receiving a vision, and that's Cornelius, a European, a Italian Roman soldier who first it's a word from God. So let's go to the text together. One day about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. This is Cornelius. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. 
Cornelius stared at him in fear. Well, what is it, Lord? Since the angel says, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. All right, so here we have a vision given to Cornelius. And you know, I can have those movies where it's like, meanwhile, <laughs> that's what's actually happening in the text. Meanwhile, let's go here. On noon, the following day, this is now Peter is, is on a journey and he's approaching the city and he goes up to a roof to pray. And he's hungry and he wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners and it contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And the voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. He says, oh, surely not, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. And the voice spoke to him a second time and said, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And this happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back up to heaven. An incredible vision, one given to Cornelius and one given to Peter in order to move us forward, God is going to need us to do three things differently. We're going to need to see differently, we're gonna need to hear differently, and we're gonna have to act differently. If we're going to move from a place of believing that the grace that God's given us in our lives and the blessings that we have are for ours alone, to also being agents of that grace in the world. So what do we need to do? We need to see differently. I want you to meet my grandmother. This is a photo of my grandmother. She was born in 1919, and she passed away only a couple months before her 100th birthday a couple years ago. This is the um, Navy flag that was presented to her um, on behalf of a grateful nation. She actually enlisted in the Navy during World War II and lived a great life. And we had lots of times to tell stories. And I remember, vividly remember one time, she was telling me this story about when she was a little girl growing up in rural Kentucky. And she had heard about a new invention, the airplane. But she had never seen one. And one day, an airplane was heard. And she and her friends ran outside to see this airplane. And it was amazing. And she said to this little girl, and whenever an airplane would fly overhead, at school, the teachers, everybody, we'd all go outside because we couldn't believe it. There was an airplane. And now to us every day, an airplane is just the way we do life. Go see our family, go see our friends, go on vacation, take an airplane. There is no way to explain an airplane and the way of life that it would come without having a chance to see it 
and it became real. Some of you know that my children are in that stage of life where they're going off to college soon. I have a, Danica's in her senior year, we're looking at colleges, and Richard and I were on campus at, well actually we were on campus at Wake Forest, anyone? Okay, <laughs> there's a few, okay. We were visiting and we were talking about how when we went to college and seminary, there were no phones. And she was like, huh? How do you, like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, there's no phones, there's no Wi-Fi. She's like, what? Like, really? <laughs> so she's like, really? I mean, like, the, just the, the paradigm of going to school, like, we, we actually wrote, it, wrote on paper. Anyone? Like, we had paper. <laughs> Mind-blowing. There was sometimes there's just no way to appreciate something so dramatically different than what we know, except to get a vision. And so here we see God breaking in, breaking through, and he says, Peter, I'm going to give you a vision. Now, what's interesting, if you look back here, is that chapters 8, 9, and here in 10 are a big crescendo that God is doing to break through to us. And in, and in chapter 9, which Rich talked about last week with kingdom reversal, the way that God breaks into Paul's world to be able to help him see differently is he strips him of sight. Like total reset, control, alt, delete. Like because the paradigms that Paul is operating under, the framework for understanding God's work in the world, had to just be completely broken down. Blindness. So that God could do a new thing through him. Maybe that's happened to you at some point in your life. Maybe you're going through and whoop. Total, total reversal. But here that's not what happens to Peter. God meets Peter. It's kind of this weird image, right? Like a sheet, like a bed sheet maybe? I don't know, four corners coming down, and there's lots of animals in it. This would have been completely familiar to Peter. Peter is a good Jew, and he was very familiar with the dietary laws of the day, right? This is what you're allowed to eat, this is what you're not allowed to eat. This is clean, this is unclean. But it's all together. It's all in the sheet. Here, God takes what we know, the the things we experience, the things that we interact with and use every day, and he uses them to create meaning and now to recreate meaning, to correct a way of thinking. And in this case, to say, there is no distinction in my kingdom between the clean and the unclean the circumcised and the uncircumcised. Those of you who have been part of the blessing of Israel and now those for whom Jesus has died and we are all now welcome together. Mind-blowing paradigm shift. We have to see differently so that God can reshape our thinking with vision. Now, as we're going to see next in the text, we're not going to catch the vision. 
if we don't commit to hearing differently. The other day I was, uh, we live near Chastain Park. Anybody like to walk around Chastain Park? Yeah, there you go. See the, I'll see you there, back there in the back. Uh, it was really early in the morning and it was still dark outside. Not a lot of people around and I'm walking forward and I can hear somebody else coming down the sidewalk, coming at me, running, because this person did not use headphones. Just had their phone turned all the way up for all of Chastain Park <laughs> to hear what he was running to. But what was interesting was as we were going along, I was like, I recognize that. I recognize that. It's the Blinkist app. Anybody else use Blinkist? Okay, you have it, I'm gonna introduce you to a really cool app. It's a service that takes well-known books, popular books, interesting books, and it summarizes them for you in like executive summaries. And they call it Blinks. I'm gonna give you the Blinks of the book. I love it. I love Blinkist because I love to read, I'm super curious, and I don't have time to read everything I want to read. So I use Blinkist to get the blinks and then to decide, yeah, that's super interesting, I'm gonna read the whole book. Or I kinda got, I got the gist of that and I can move on, right? So, so I hear the, you can get the blinks and just read them or someone can read the blinks out loud to you, which I've done from time to time, right? And so I'm hearing Blinkist coming at me and I'm kind of laughing because I know what that is. But I'm also, as it's coming closer, I realize this individual has Blinkist on two times speed. Anybody listen to podcasts at two times? It kind of goes like this. So the Blinkist podcast goes out to two times speed. And I'm thinking to myself, not only have we become a people who don't have time to read the book, so we're gonna get the blinks, we are now the kind of people that don't have time to listen to it at a normal speed, we're actually gonna double time it so that we can get the blinks twice as fast. And, and sure enough, as he ran past me, um, that's what was going on and I just, I just got a good laugh about that. I also realized, though, that in those times in which God is working to reshape our thinking by giving us a vision, that we've got to be prepared to receive it. There's a couple of little tiny throwaway comments in the text that, that you might not have picked up on. And, in our normal life, why would we? But back then, it would have been extremely clear to the people reading them what posture that Peter and Cornelius were in when they got the, the vision that God gave them. Does anybody remember what time of day it was when Peter fell into a trance and got his vision? It was noon for Peter. 3 p.m. for Cornelius. Well done for those of you who said 3 o'clock. What's special about these times of day? It was hot. <laughs> and he was hungry. Right? So our bodies matter. 100% our bodies matter. It's hot. We're hungry. But what else? These were the times of days in which people went to prayer. 
It wasn't, think, it wasn't the same type of, of, well, I'll talk for myself. It's not like me where I'm like, I think I shall pray now. <laughs> this, but this was a corporate time of prayer when people practiced the discipline of prayer during the hours of the day. In other words, the, the gospel writer Luke is telling us, Peter is in a state of prayer when God gives him a vision. Cornelius has gone to a time of prayer where God meets him with a vision. In other words, if God is going to now not only reshape our thinking by giving us a vision, God also needs us to hear differently so that he can reshape our hearts by being with us and meeting us with himself. In other words, prayer is the preparation that God does in and through us to be ready to receive the vision. If we're gonna move from thy, thy kingdom or toward thy kingdom come, if we're gonna move away from my kingdom to thy kingdom come, we've gotta prepare for that. We have gotta train for that. And God wants us to meet him in a place where he can shower us with his love, bless us, Form us into the people that he's calling us to be. I, I often people ask me, how come God doesn't speak? I've been, how come God doesn't speak to me? How come, how come I don't have a vision? I'd like a vision. Sign me up. I say, well, are you available for God to give you a vision? Are you putting yourself into a place of prayer where he can meet you there? So we have to kind of not only see differently and hear differently, but when we pray, we are called to act differently. When Ashby, my, our younger daughter, was about, I don't know, 11 years old or so, she wanted to babysit. And she's a great, if any of you guys know Ashby, she's so great with kids. She loves little ones. And I said, great. But I would like for you to take the American Red Cross babysitting class, you know, to get ready. Anybody take the American Red Cross? Yes? Okay, lots of hands. It's a great class. You can get first aid certified. You're going to get CPR certified and know how to take care of little ones. So I drop her off at the Newport Beach uh, Community Center for a day with her little sack lunch. And I pick her up at the end of the day. It's like seven hours. It's like a full day. And she comes back in the car and she is shell-shocked. Her eyes are like this big. And I'm like, Ashby, are you okay? She's like, Mom. I am never, ever babysitting. <laughs> it's like, why? What happened? She says, do you know all the ways a baby can die? <laughs> like, what? She had this binder, right, that she had come out with, and it had gone through. They can, they can get in to put their finger in a socket and electrocute it. She's heard, she's heard naming them for me. They can drown in one inch of water. 
there was something about glass that can break their skin and then they can bleed out. I mean, she was like telling me this horror story. And I realized she had spent seven hours or whatever with this binder and all they did was go through all the terrible ways that, that, that things can happen to kids and what you need to know as a babysitter, you know, to step in and save their lives. What was the one thing as a mom that I made sure happened within a week of that class? That she went and had a babysitting gig. Because she needed to take the preparation that she had received and now step out in faith and use that to do what she was called to do, which is to connect and have fun and play with kids the way that God has designed her to be a playful, um, well, her, for those of you who are interested in unique, her two words are imagining possibilities, and that's what she does with kids, right? She plays and plays and has a great time. The, the mistake we can make by being recipients of God's grace, to be receivers of God's blessing, is that we can mistakenly think that it's for us. And what God's doing here is saying, no, it is not only for you, yes it is for you, but it is also for you to, to live out your calling and therefore you gotta go. You gotta go. I love this quote by the founder of Habitat for Humanity. Many of you have been part of our ministry uh, partner, Habitat for Humanity here. Um, but he, he said this, and I love it. He says, it's easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than to think your way into a new way of acting. Let me say that again. It's easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than to think your way into a new way of acting. If Peter had just gotten a vision with the, with the animals all in a sheet that was breaking down this idea that there are the clean and there's the unclean, there's the people that God favors and there's the people that God doesn't, this is, gonna get, this is being broken up into the idea that God has a calling and a blessing for every single one of us in Jesus Christ. And if he had just thought about it, they wouldn't have gone anywhere, but what happens? Well, in the first part of the story, Cornelius gets a vision, and the vision says, go get Peter, go get him. So some men go off on the road, and then all of a sudden, Peter gets a vision, and what happens? There's a knock on the door. My friends, if there is a knock at your door, God is doing something, get ready to go. We have to move forward. Like, I love the African, there's a West African proverb here that says, when you pray, move your feet. In other words, God is going to meet us in the prayer, but it, but it involves us responding and partnering with him and living out this calling to be grace for people, to extend the love of God to others. Some of you know that we lived in Texas, uh, San Antonio, Texas. We 
believed we were going to be there for a long time, but we also uh, started to realize as our kids were heading into elementary school that we might want to move in order to get into a school district that was going to be better for our family. And so we were looking at houses, and we we're standing in the house, a house that really met all of our criteria, and our real estate agent at that point, just an in-town move, but our real estate agent was pressuring us to put an offer out. This house is not going to be here very long. You've got to do this. We're kind of hemming and hawing. Eventually, she says, what's going on? She says, well, there's this church in California that's been calling. They really want us to come out there and for Rich to be their pastor. And, and I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Let's put an offer down. And she's like, well, well, let's think about this for a little while. And we talk it all out and say, we said we aren't really supposed to, we don't know, are we supposed to stay in Texas or, or go to California? And right then, what is there? A knock on the door. And a gentleman that the homeowners had hired to do some handyman kinds of repairs to get the house ready to sell uh, comes in the back door. And do you know what he's wearing? A t-shirt. And you know the t what the t-shirt says? <laughs> I'm not making this up. 100% true. And our real estate agent looks at us and she's just like, Oh, honey, you're moving to California. <laughs> Completely made me see differently. God had to reshape my thinking to have a vision for what it would be like to live in a place I never imagined living. God made me, I needed to hear differently, to hear his word, to get close to him, to, to have his heartbeat for the the ministry and the work that God is doing in California because that was not on my radar. And eventually, I had to act differently. I had to get up and go. No idea where we were going to live or if we could afford to live there. No idea what that season was going to be like. I, I mean, I just had no framework for this. And yet, it was an incredible season in our lives. Chapter 8, the Ethiopian, curious for God's word, and receives grace to go and to share it, and is baptized. Chapter 9, Paul, a great reversal, a new vision, is baptized and receives the Spirit. Chapter 10, the extension of God's kingdom to every person, regardless of race or tribe or circumcision, is baptized and the Spirit is given. Friends, when we pray, thy kingdom come, the kingdom vision that God gives us is the one we're celebrating today with World Communion Sunday. All of us, all over the world through our faith in Jesus Christ, one Lord, one baptism, are together on mission 
And the question that we ask here at Peachtree every day is how am I joining Christ daily in the restoration of all things? So friends, as we go and we come to this table, may God give you a vision. May you hear his word and may you get up and go. My little secret, uh, my, my little hint here at the end of the day is if somebody knocks on your door, answer it. God's up to something. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for the ways in which you break into our lives that help us to see the ways in when, when we drift from thinking about grace and blessing as only for us as recipients instead of thinking about the grace and the blessing that you give in our lives as a way to join you on mission. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to celebrate with our brothers and our sisters all over the world this great restoration mission that you're on and our opportunity to join you in it. And I pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen.